Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Nathan Cassiotis. I'm a Sioux entrepreneur, international speaker, results strategist, business coach, mentor, and consultant. Today, I have a massive, amazing guest. She is a classically trained actress who was offered the role of Denise McCarthy on The Sopranos. She has done over 40 commercials while working in New York City on and off Broadway. She has performed at the top regional theaters around the US and was awarded the Elliott Norton Award for her performances as Mrs. Calvin in The Shape She Makes at ART at Harvard. She is best known for her work as inmate Beth Hoffler on the Netflix show Orange is the New Black. Her other television credits include The Blacklist, Sneaky Pete, Bored to Death, The Big C, and Louie. Her select film roles include Francis Ha, Morning Glory, Away We Go, and Bad Education. Before, During, After is her first feature as a writer-producer. In May, she received the Emerging Master Award at the River Run International Film Festival and has won many other awards. Welcome, Finity Steves, and thank you for being on my show. Thank you so much for having me, Ethan. Thank you. You're welcome. It's amazing to have you here as well. I'm sure there's going to be so much value for everyone watching and listening today. So you're a very successful actress, entrepreneur. So for those people who don't know who you are, just please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey. Sure. Um, again, my name is Finnerty. I, uh, I, was, I was a pretty shy kid. And um, my mom talked me into taking a, a speech and drama class to sort of get over my shyness. Um, and it sort of started a little bug for me. I, 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 I'm still to this day, pretty shy person, which I've learned is actually pretty common for, with actors. There's a lot of um, actors that are actually painfully shy. Um, but I learned, um, you know, through training and taking classes and stuff that it was, I loved this, I loved being a storyteller. And um, I had an incredible teacher in high school, um, Sue Simmergren, who would take us, I grew up in Southern California and we were about an hour south of LA. And we would take trips into the city, into LA to see plays like at the Mark Taper Forum and stuff. And I thought like, that's what I want to do. I saw a play um, called The Ghetto and uh, with uh, Ron Rifkin, an incredible actor. And it was about uh, the Holocaust. And it was one of the most incredible thing. At, at that point, I kind of thought, I wanted to be an actor because I really wanted to be like on the Vernon Shirley really is what when I was a kid <laughs> I just wanted to be I'm like I want that job that looks amazing um but then when I saw like what actors could really do and the power of storytelling I was like that's what I want to do with my life and I really had no business setting out saying I would do that because I was incredibly awkward and shy and had only been in like two school plays um but I just sort of announced to the world that I would be an actor. I went to this leadership camp um, that was sort of talking about goals and dreams and half the kids were asleep, but I was sitting there watching this man at the front talk about, you know, writing a letter to yourself saying what you were going to do with your life. And I remember saying like, I will be an actor <laughs> without really, uh, you know, but I just sort of made that commitment. And um, I think I'm a pretty stubborn person, if nothing else. And I think it's just something I, decided that I wanted for, I wanted that in my life and I wanted to be a storyteller. Um, so that led to me, you know, studying it in college, went um, and moved to South Florida for a little while and I was doing theater there and felt like for me, the ingenue clock was running out and I really wanted to feel like, I felt like I've always been a lucky person. And I thought if I, I want to 
if, if that opportunity ever meets hard work, I want to feel like I am ready for that opportunity. So I ended up going back to graduate school. Um, I went to um, American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco um, for my master's degree and had an incredible experience there. It was all about um, acting and um, had a wonderful experience there and then decided to move to New York City. Um, at the time, I was living on a sailboat in San Francisco and um, my ex-husband and I were pretty sure I was, we were just gonna go to LA after that, but I just felt like I was supposed to be in New York City, um, which is not necessarily what, uh, what my ex-husband wanted, but um, I just had much more response there and I felt like I was supposed to be there and I just love that city so much. And so we ended up moving to New York and um, started just, you know, pounding the pavement. And I, with, because of my education, I was able to get like a really great agent, which really, really helped. Um, but uh, yeah, and so I've been in New York City ever since and plugging away, you know, character actor doing theater and, um, and commercials, commercials paid for my theater habit because there's no money in theater. And then um, eventually, you know, day player stuff in TV and film and which led to me producing eventually, you know, writing my, writing my own stuff. Yeah. Amazing story. I love that. How, you know, it, you know, from being small at school and then how you built up to that way. And, and I think followed, you know, your intuition about where you were meant to be and, you know, eventually getting to New York and really stepping into that, you know, powerful you and, and being able to share that light, uh, you know, with the world of, of how amazing you are. So I, I really love that. And, um, you know, I guess, two big series that I know well that you've been in is, you know, and a lot of people likely that are watching this in today is the Sopranos and Orange is the New Black, right? Um, so that, that's amazing, number one, for, for, you know, for being in those. Um, no matter how big, how small, you know, playing your part is amazing there. So what was it like to play roles in those sort of two big series? And I don't know if you can put them, compartmentalize them together or if you separate them out. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Well, they're sort of bookends in a way because, um, uh, so the Sopranos was one of the very first jobs that I got out of, out of school. And it was, um, it was just incredible. I mean, it was a small little role, but it was, you know, it was a great role and um, it was just an incredible, it was sort of, you know, you put so much into your training and all that. And there was something about getting that first part that I was like, Oh God, it was, it was worth it. You know, there was just something you could kind of point to in a way. And there's, there's different jobs along the way that are satisfying for different reasons, you know, like doing incredible work in the middle of Milwaukee or something in a winter that you're really proud of. But if people don't see it too, it's hard to, um, but this was one of those that the show was just so iconic and to be able to point to something and say, you know, I was a tiny, tiny part of that was pretty amazing. And um, my agents, you know, called and said they want to invite you to the table read. So there I was at the table with this incredible cast. I was, by the time I joined was season five was my part. And so we're sitting around the table and uh, with this, you know, iconic group of humans <laughs> and watching them do their thing. And it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty special. Um, and then, and then Orange was, you know, most recent. And um, it was just that, that's another show that I was just a huge fan of. And I had auditioned a few times for some great little smaller roles and because of like didn't get certain things and then it was really close to one and I couldn't because of scheduling. And then this part came up, um, Beth Hoffler, who was just, I don't know if, if you've seen the, the show or the last few seasons, but um, I don't think it should, it's, am I giving it away if I say what I, in case people don't know, is that all right that I say what my part was? 
you could say whatever, whatever you like, Finity. Yeah. Um, so I play um, I play someone who seems like a very sweet mom, and um, I'm I'm Taylor Schilling's the main character's uh, roommate when they go to maximum security, and you find out that um, my character seems really sweet at first, and then you find out that I that I killed my children, um, and so it was quite a juicy role for an actor. And um, I was just incredibly grateful to be able to play something like that on television, you know, um, even though like that ensemble is just incredible. And I was a tiny, tiny piece of, you know, those last two seasons, but to be a part of that was again, felt similar to Sopranos in that it's just this iconic show that will sort of live forever. And to be a tiny, tiny piece of that was, was really humbling and, and incredible. Yeah, love that. Thank you for giving us that little window of, um, yeah, being in those series and things like that. So um, obviously, you know, you, you've done a lot of amazing these series and other films and things like that. And, and now obviously having your first feature, um, you know, as, as a writer producer in the film before, during, after, which is amazing that that's come out recently. You've won a lot of awards and things like that for it. So what was it like to go from, you know, doing those other roles and things like that there to now, I guess, taking it to that next level, um, you know, in this, um, yeah, film that you've done as well. Uh, there's different, you know, it took, um, oh, that's such a big question because being on set, the actual, you know, 20 days of shooting was very different than all the pre-production and post-production. You know, I had an incredible team of people. We, uh, we did it, it was a uh, ultra low budget. So we relied on a thousand and one favors and, um, you know, they say you could either do it fast, well, or cheap. So, um, so it took us a very long time because <laughs> it was, we felt like it was good and cheap, but it took a long time because we, um, just, we had incredible people who were like, yes, I want to help you. Um, including like our, um, our post-production house, Cutter Studios, they came on board, but they, you know, their bread and butter is the Super Bowl. They do commercials. So they're like, we want to help you do this. Uh, we love the script and we want to help you, but you will always come second, third, fourth to, you know, to Dove or to Jeep or whoever, you know, that was just the nature of it. Um, but they were incredible partners. And I had my um, producing partner, Katie Hyde. Um, she was incredible. My two, I had co-directors, uh, Stephen Kunkin and Jack Loires, who are dear friends. And it really ended up having to be about working with friends when you are, you know, asking for so much, you know, so much um, for so little, <laughs> for a little, so little cash. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love that. That's awesome. And um, just to give everybody some context here. So before, during, after, it's a, it's a sharp-witted dramedy, which studies a middle-aged New York City theatre actress, Affinity, um, suddenly forced to figure out the kind of person she wants to be when her seemingly perfect 15-year marriage comes to an end after she catches her husband having an affair. So definitely some a lot of interesting components there. So I don't know if you want to share a little bit more about it, um, you know, and things like that about, yeah, the movie. Sure. You know, I... Um... I love acting. I've just, that's what I, but I've always been obsessed with the idea of writing. I've always wanted to write, but I didn't, I'm just such a rule follower also. And I felt like, um, I, I wasn't sure that I had a story to tell and then, you know, but I, I would daydream constantly about different things that I wanted to try, but I just had so much respect for writers. It just kind of paralyzed me. And, um, and then, uh, and I didn't know that I had a story to tell. And then my, my seemingly perfect marriage, um, blew up and I was like, oh, <laughs> like 
Uh, this might be something <laughs> that I would like to try to write someday because it was for me, of course, my world was tipped sideways. I was uh, completely devastated, but there was also so much humor that was happening. Even I kept thinking like, if this weren't me, this would be really, really funny, but I just was too heartbroken at the time. Um, but as I sort of got on the other side of healing, um, I wanted to try to experiment with that and, and see if I could try to write that story. And I had to tell myself that I wouldn't share it with anybody just because um, I would just get too sort of paralyzed with fear of doing, not doing it well, or, you know, or even hurting people because it was loosely based on, on my, my life. Uh, so, um, I, I found this amazing, I, I found this like extended ed class uh, at an NYU and took this class and the teacher really took a liking and was like, I want to, you know, invite you to be a part of my little writer's group. And, and then through that class, I developed the, the piece and, and it was actually Jason, the teacher who, Jason Greif, who, who said, you know, you realize this is your film. He's like, you have us riveted because I was just sharing pieces at like all completely out of order. And he said, this is riveting because we're trying to figure out, wait, wait, what did, did, so was she pregnant? Did she, did this happen? And, and he's like, and I thought, oh God, that would be really cool because that's what divorce felt like for me, where it was this feeling of moving forward, um, but also constantly being pulled back by memories. And so I thought, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could try to write something that felt that way. So the film itself is a nonlinear story and it has bookends. Of, um, of her being at the theater. And then you realize at the end that she is seeing her ex for the first time after a year. And so it's just this kind of flood of memories before she sees him again and her sort of ability to let go and to, um, to move forward. But it's, um, it's, I'm really proud of it. I, I, you know, I, I look at it and I see hundreds of people who helped me make a dream happen. I'm somebody who has never asked for help in my life. I've always been, I don't know if it was a fear of not being able to return a favor or if I just was stubborn or I didn't want to feel that feeling of, oh, I'm not sure what it, where it came from, but I just never asked for help. And um, I had to do that for the first time as a, as, and I, I thought, I, I reached out to certain people and they were like, you know, you have to collect the no's and um, you're only going to get a yes after you get about 30 to 50 no's. And I was like, oh gosh. So they're like, the no's are awesome. That means you're closer. And I'm like, okay. So I did my first ask and I reached out to a friend and um, a friend of a friend. And I sort of said what I was doing. Um, I had to reword the email a hundred times to take out all of the like, no worries if you don't want to do it. It's okay. If you don't know, like giving all those, just tell people what you're doing and um, and see if they would like to be involved. And that first person was like, hell yeah, I'm in. Let's talk later about, you know, and I was like, oh God, you know, now I'm actually doing this thing. I'm actually, I had got my first yes. So the train left the station. And then I just, um, you know, years later, it took, it took a while. Um, but it was one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. And um, I, I sort of can't wait to do it again, but because it's so fresh, I feel like I owe my family a little bit of time to be present. And I, that's definitely something I want to do better for my next one is to figure out how to juggle that a little bit better. Um, I felt like it was hard for me to be an awesome mom, awesome wife, awesome friend, you know, I felt like, and also an amazing, awesome, you know, producer. So um, I, I would like, to, I, I don't think any of them felt like they were cheated, but I just felt a little like I would like to figure out how to do that a little bit better. Um, 
the image I had in my mind of doing producing for the first time was that there's this like massive uh, stadium. I'm sure all business people feel this way, right? Where there's this massive like ba basketball stadium full of helium balloons. And in the beginning, there's like tons of people and the balloons are in the air and like, you know, but then people move on, there's things that's happening. And then suddenly like the balloons are losing helium and I'm running around trying to keep the, the balloons in the air. And I, you know, I felt like I couldn't leave the stadium and I pretty sure I could have, but I felt like I couldn't just leave for a second and come back. Like, God forbid the balloons were on the ground. Like, I guess I could just pick them back up, but I didn't trust that if I left and came back and the balloons were on the ground, I wouldn't be able to pick them up or kick them or whatever. So I would love to figure that out for the next one, um, how to do that a little bit better and trust that I can leave and come back and, you know, be a person and be a good friend and, a, you know, and then come back in and work my butt off in the stadium and then figure out how to, I don't know how to do that yet. So <laughs> I'm being honest about that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Honesty is always best and, you know, having that self-reflection and, and having that, that growth mindset, so to speak, right? It's like, I know that I can do better. I think that's a constant thing that helps us, you know, move forward in life, right? And, and do bigger and better things. So I love that. It gives you that target and then, um, yeah, seek that out. And, and you know, if, if we're touching on mindset now, like, you know, it's a big part in business, in life, in acting, whatever it is, right? And, and you've shared some things along so far about, you know, how you've had to change. And, and like, just like you said, the 30 to 50 no's you're going to get before the yes, even though you got one straight away, you know, pretty much. So, um, you know, but that's, I guess, the way that it is. And I'm sure that a lot of actors and most of them actors and actresses, you know, that don't get the roles that they want in their career, right? Because, you know, like you said before, they either don't get them or maybe it's a scheduling thing, whatever it is. Um, so what are some key mindset things or what have you had to build to ensure you know, you continue to grow to succeed in your career? Um, I think for me, I just think that the, the business can be, if I had, in, in all honesty, when I first started, I would like, the, the, it hurt too much to not get the job. So for a little while, I experimented with like, what if I don't want it as much? And I only give about 80%. And I'm like, cool, if I get it, great. And act like I don't care. But then I realized I wasn't getting the jobs and I didn't do a great job. So I was like, that's not good. And I want to feel like I left my best in the room. So um, I had to really up it and I learned to turn down things I wasn't interested in. But if I wanted, I had to go for it 100%. And the goal became instead of getting the job, although I always, you know, there's times that you, it's hard not to want them, want them. But my goal became, I want to be somebody that this casting director knows that they can bring in and will hit the ball out of the park. That will be like, I don't care if this is the third time she brought me in and it was a no, she knows, damn, like every time I bring Finn, she brings it and she's always the second choice or whatever. Like I want that, that's my goal is to just make her go, ah, oh, I want something for her so bad. She's always like, you know, and that became my goal and that worked so much better for me. And to this day, those relationships are the best where it's this, like a handful of casting directors that know, because I am I kind of realized too, as a reader, I was a reader a few times for casting directors and watching actors come in. And that was invaluable to watch who kind of shoots themselves in the foot. And, um, but I also learned 
that I've always put so much power in the hands of the casting director, but then you see them alongside a, a director and you go, oh, wow, the casting director is auditioning also. They're trying to prove I'm going to bring amazing people to you. You're gonna have a hard time choosing between the people I bring in. So that was the shift for me that I was like, oh, that's what I want then. I wanna be their gal that they're like, I know I can bring her in and she will do great. And she will either get it or she will be one of the top choices. So that became my focus. And that helped so much where I was able to leave it. I could leave the room and go like, oh, that went really well. I, you know, but I also would try to figure out, I would try to tell myself a lot of times when I leave the room, there's that gut instinct where you're like, cool, cool. And it's not till later that you could play it over and you go, oh, shoot. You know, he, he didn't put his hand out or, and then maybe he wanted to shake my hand and like you play back stuff. And that's just sabotage. I find like you could just get into a spiral of stuff that may or may not have even been an issue. So I try to cut, trust that gut instinct where you leave going, yes, like that's what I wanted to do, whether I get, a, get the job or not. Um, but I do try to reflect on something I can do better. So I kind of will point out two things I did well, um, you know, as prepared or I did this and that went well. And then, but I probably next time I could blah, blah, blah. And then um, in order just to stay in the game, I also will kind of play games with myself where I'll say, you know, even if let's say I, I do really well, I think I'm doing great. And the director's like, thank you so much. And they don't even want to see the second scene that you worked on. Um, it's so easy to be like, oh, I blew it. I must have, oh, it's probably because my hair was in a ponytail. Like you can just go down a million rabbit holes. And so um, instead I would be like, Finn, you know what? you were one of 35 people in the whole world who got to read for that part. Like, <laughs> I'll just change it so that it's a win because it's just too hard. Like the business is just too difficult. So I'm like, that's amazing. You're one of th in the entire world, in the entire universe, you are one of 35 women who got a chance to go for that, you know? So that's just my little tricks that I've learned on, you know, in my middle age here um, and to just keep plugging away, you know, doing that kind of thing. I love that. Amazing mindset traits. And, and even you touched on a bit of your personal branding, how about you being memorable, how you're building those relationships with the key people in the industry there and stuff like that, which then has obviously paid dividends later, like now where you've had to be able to ask for help and, you know, things like that from those relationships. So it just shows that that was awesome to hear. Um, there was so much gold in what you just said there. So I hope everybody listens back over the whole thing, but especially that part that we just listened to there from Finity, that was amazing. Um, Let's put it on the other side now, because I know that the acting industry seems very glamorous on the screen, right? We're, we're lucky we get to watch on the TV. However, I know that whether it's business, whether it's acting, we need to put a lot of hours and work in, right, to make this happen behind the scenes. So do you want to maybe share a little bit about what it's like to be on set? Well, on set is a, is usually so much fun. Well, it depends on the job, actually, because... Um, Sometimes when you're a day player and you're coming on and you have your one scene with the lead, you know, your job is just, you better get the ball over the plate. You know, you're like you're hired to get the ball over the plate. And like, there's, it's, it's a different kind of pressure because you're like, okay, who's the AD? And you're like, oh, nice to meet you. And then your bag, put your bags here. Here's your dressing room. So there's just so much energy that goes into just trying to figure out wh how you fit in. And then your job is just, get, so don't, cause any problems just do your job you know but when you get to return to a set you know like that's what was so incredible about orange is to really feel like it felt more like theater in a way 
where you're like, this is the, this is the family, you know, this is the orange family. So that for me, I was like, Oh God, I want more of that. Cause that was an incredible, that was an incredible experience. Um, but the work really is more is in the auditioning and, um, the amount of hours that go into, if you want to do it well for me too, I'm just not somebody, I, there's some friends who can like read something twice and they're memorized. And I'm someone who has to kind of, I, I, I'm a sort of inside out kind of actor. It has to feel like my words and I need time with it. But a lot of times auditions are like, you get an audition and then, well, this is before COVID, you know, you would show up like the next day at 4 PM and it doesn't matter if you have a show that night and you so sometimes you're literally up all night trying to memorize and putting makeup on and going to the audition um but the hours that go into preparing is is a lot and um so that's uh, that it's a, it's not that glamorous and especially now that we're doing all these self-tapes and stuff it's hilarious because you're just like you know, I, I'm not a spring chicken. And so like to figure out like, okay, now we're doing this and you have to upload, you have to be, you have to be the DP and the lighting designer, you know, and you have to edit, figure out how to edit that weird sound out of the, like, you know, of your child coming in and slamming the door, you know, like trying to figure that kind of stuff out is like, you know, is um, it's not glamorous. Let's just put it that way. It's not glamorous. Um, but there is, there's such great, um, there are such amazing things about the about the company about the business, but I will admit there was a time on one of the jobs where I this is before Orange, but I was like, yeah, I got this show right. I remember, you know, it was like um, um, it was Louis actually when I was doing Louis, and I was so excited because I really wanted to be on that show. And this is a little before his controversy and everything, but I really loved his work and was excited to be on that show and. Um, and so right before I went in, I was just feeling super pumped that I got this job, you know, and I had like a few scenes and, and then I was kind of like, is this joy? What is this feeling? You know, I kind of had a little check-in with myself and I was like, huh, it's not really joy. That's interesting. I need to check back on this because I'm just, I think our generation, I mean, I'm older than you, I believe, but my generation, you sort of like, I decided in high school I was going to be an actor. So sometimes I felt like I had to stop for a second and be like, is this joyful in general? Not every day is not going to be like the land of bliss, but like, does the hard work, are there moments of joy? You know, otherwise, what are we doing this for? Just because we're so determined and we're like, I, I, you know, I won't take no for an answer and, um, and I will be this kind of a person. And so I, I, had to be honest with myself along the way and check in a couple of times and go, you know, and it turns out by even just my checking in, I was like, oh, this is the, because of the nerves of being on set for just those two scenes, that wasn't totally joyful. But the minute we, you know, chatted afterwards and like the experience was joyful. So I was like, okay, but I just had to check in with myself on that um, as somebody who is gold driven and, um, and make sure that I, and, and I think that's what's been really exciting for me as being a writer and a producer now, is I do feel a little less like I have to wait for the phone to ring for a certain role, although I love it. I know it sounds crazy, but I love my weekends, but I love Mondays because I'm like, the phone could ring and who knows, like, who knows what kind of opportunity I might have, you know, like, um, and those don't usually come in on a weekend. So um, I just, I love that at any moment. It could be like, holy crap, I'm in a blah, blah, blah film, you know? And um, that's exciting to me. And I, I had to admit that, because I used to sort of go, oh, this business is so hard. 
so hard. And yes, it is hard, but I was like, I love the gamble. I love the gamble part of it. And I had to admit that 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 gamble of like the phone could ring and so-and-so could be on the other end is, is worth it to me to keep, you know, it's super, every job, every audition I get, I go, oh my God, this would be so cool. And like, who's, oh my God, this is with so-and-so and that'd be amazing to work with her. And, um, you know, I just, it's a great, it's a great career. I feel really, you know, I'm just, I'm a working actor, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm just a working actor and that's, um, what my goal was initially. And sometimes I think, oh, maybe I should have been more specific with my goals and dreams. If like, I should have just gone for movie star, why not? <laughs> but that's like, I, you know, I went for, I want to be a working actor and I, I admire so many, there's so many more opportunities for women now in TV and film um, for regular working actors as, you know, like I, I, I used to be so envious of films and um, that I would see of like just incredible ensemble of male characters. And I'm like, I want to be that guy. I want to be the female version of that guy. Like, why can't we have that? Like, you know, and you know, I joke with my husband all the time. He's like, what honey? I'm like, look at this. Like there's 17 great roles for men in this scene and there's no women. And then a woman comes in is like, here's your coffee, sir. You know, and you're like, oh God. Um, it's nice that that's changing. And there are just some incredible roles, especially in television uh, for, for women who are, do look like regular women that aren't just like, either the hot girl or the chubby secretary, you know, there's like room for all of us now. And it's, um, it's an exciting time. I, I think it's an exciting time. Yeah. I love that. So amazing. Um, and, and talking about these other roles and things, if you could do a movie or a series with any actor or actress, who would it be? <laughs> Well, Catherine O'Hara cracks me up. Um, uh, Alice and Janney, I just, I met her briefly when we, uh, when I had a small part in Bad Education and she's just incredible. Um, Frances McDormand, I don't know that she would, I, I'm dying to work with her. I just find her riveting and she is the epitome of like, you know, in terms of acting, I just feel like she's kind of, and when I look at like Philip Seymour Hoffman, who I would have loved to have worked with, I dreamt of working with him and it's just um, so tragic that he passed. But I, I, I always say like, I wanna be like a female version of Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, I just love this, the range and the, the great opportunities and cool roles that he had. Um, yeah, so those are three women that I admire. I think, um, yeah, doing something with Allison Janney, I just think she's just a hoot. And she is so talented and she can do crazy, silly comedy and then also just completely break your heart. Um, it was just lovely as I, when I met her, just, you know, was, she was just lovely. Uh, I would love to do something with her. Yeah, I love that. Really mm -hmm. awesome. Um, and, and I'm sure like you've, you've built yourself up over time, right? And I'm sure along your journey, you've had like, you know, coaches and mentors and things, whether it's acting coaching or, you know, other areas of business and stuff that we do to help you get to where you are. So, you know, how is it important has it been to have these people around you to help build you up into the person that you are today? It's very important. I, I think um, I've had some incredible teachers along the way and even some not great teachers who taught me a lot also. Um, 
uh, in some ways, those those teachers, when I stood up for myself for the first time and stuff like that, were in, even more pivotal for me to sort of say like that. That's you know, and when you're studying acting, it's just a different kind of the personal the personal and the art gets a little messy. So um, there were a few times where I had to sort of stand up for myself, um, but. Yeah, I the I had an sorry my parents I'm at my parents' house the fashion answer machine sorry about that um, <laughs> um, that's COVID but the, yeah exactly um, let's see if they're gonna oh they didn't leave a message um, uh, my my agents I had incredible agents right out of school and knowing that they had my back. Um, was invaluable to me too. Cause there's times that they're like, Oh, not this one, sweetie, you know, we're on to the next one. And I never felt like they were going to drop me. I felt like they had my back no matter what. And, um, I was with uh, leading artists and they were an incredible agency and they unfortunately didn't make it. I mean, they've been around forever, incredible clients, um, and weren't, weren't able to make it through, um, through COVID, but, um, they share a lot of clients with a, an, an agency in LA SMS, um, talent in LA and now in New York. So I was able to, to be picked up by them, which was wonderful because it's still the same family basically that I've been with since, uh, and that's what you sort of dream of, right? Of having people that have your back and have been with me since I was in my twenties and, um, have watched me grow older, <laughs> you know, I, I grow as my talent and also grow older, but, um, just incredible people. Um, my agent, Michael Kelly Boone is just a great man and is somebody I can always bounce things off of, you know, family stuff and work stuff and, um, yeah, I've had an incredible support system. My my family is very supportive, and um, yeah, yeah, amazing. Love that. And I guess finally to to wrap it up a little bit more for all the entrepreneurs and, and everybody listening today, what one key piece of advice would you give to them to to help them move forward? I would say to. You know, I can't speak for everybody. I'm I'm not confident, you know, confident enough or conceited enough to sort of think that what worked for me would work for everybody. But I would just say, based on my own journey, to just insist that there is room for you. You know, that even especially if it seems like you don't see you in this, like that you're like there aren't other people like me doing this thing. Um, that's just me as an actor. Like I, I love when I go to an audition and I see that, let's say there, there there's all 20, there's gorgeous blonde hair, blue eyed women. And I'm the only one sitting there. And just, I could easily be like, oh, well, clearly they want a blonde hair, blue eyed person. And you could go down a spiral of like, that's what they want. And, you know, but it's like, you can stand out by being the one person who's not that. And I would just sort of insist that there be room for you. Um, not in an obnoxious way, but, um, um, and just stay, my thing is to like to stay steady and move forward in a steady way. Um, I don't mean like stay like put, like you're not going to grow, but just to go, I think if in my business anyway, it's so easy to be like, oh, they want me to be this. Oh, they want me to be thinner. Oh, they want me to be uh, funnier. They want me to be, and it's, you can maybe never meet up with the business. And if you can just be like, here's who I am and what I have to offer as a storyteller, as an entrepreneur, as a, you know, and this is who I am and what I have to offer, then the, it will find you, you know, like eventually your people will find you and it will be a match. I, I truly believe that. Um, 
I, I, that's, I guess that would be my advice is, is to do that and to not sort of chase what you think you're supposed to be doing as opposed to just being like, I want to move forward in, in my earnest way of, as myself and my, the best version of myself and constantly going forward, but to not chase those things. Amazing advice there. I love that. And mm-hmm. yeah, we uh, connected through our networks so where I learned about your amazing journey from starting in San Francisco to moving to New York City and being offered a role in The Sopranos to, you know, doing many commercials on Broadway to many other films and series, including Orange is the New Black, to now having your first feature as a writer, producer and the film uh, Before, During, After. You have won many awards along your journey. You are an amazing woman, and I'm sure you continue to grow and impact the world through your acting career and beyond as well. So I'm, I'm very grateful that we connected, and I look forward to working with you in the future as well. So, Finity, how can people find you and get in contact with you? Um, I think uh, the best way would be um, uh, Instagram. I'm at Finity's Photos. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Finity Steves. And again, the film, um, if you are interested in following the film, it's at before, during, after the film. Um, and .com also is the website with more information. And we have, um, the, like I said, the title is before, during, after, but we have a, just have a deal with um, Artist View Entertainment for International. So international, it's going to be, um, the title is going to be called Navigating Love um, Overseas. So that should be coming, you know, shortly. I'm not sure exactly the timeline of that, but they're, they're working on all of that, so. Amazing. Um, yeah, definitely check it out. Finity is amazing. And um, yeah, the film and everything like that, whether you're in the US or overseas, whichever title it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So thank you everyone for watching, listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth. Please like, subscribe and leave us a five-star review. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. I completely agree with you. Or do I? The only way we know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. Have a great day.